0: Hey Afterbuzzers, welcome to an all new Twin Peaks after show here at Afterbuzz TV. Tonight we're going to be breaking down season 3 part 11 and guys, it was crazy, it was amazing. We're so excited to talk about it with y'all so stay tuned. You are tuning
1: in to the destination for TV superfan discussion, Afterbuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin.
0: Hello, everyone. Thank you again for tuning in to our uh, Twin Peaks After Show here at After Buzz TV. My name is Sam Davidson, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at samd43. Have these awesome people here with me, guys. Introduce yourself. Let's know where you can find you on social media.
1: I am Lex Michael. Where we're going, there is fire, kids. I am all over social media at the Lex Michael.
2: Hey, guys. Welcome back. I'm Lisa, and you can find me everywhere at Lisa Mason Lee.
0: And we have Lisa and Lex in the chat tonight, you guys. And, of course, use the hashtag ABTV Twin Peaks, Tweet at us. Nice things. You know, we love to hear your feedback. You all are really, really funny and awesome. And this episode, I think, was my favorite out of the ones we've seen thus far. What do you guys think? Lots of excitement, lots of
2: shock, and lots of guns.
1: I laughed out loud more times in this hour than I think I have at any television comedy I've ever seen.
2: Wow, that is a very bold That's
1: statement, I too. I feel like, I, feel yeah. like I, I watched it once, and it was right before I came over here to record the show, and what I keep saying to anyone that asks me about the show or that I feel like I can talk to about it is, and I preface it with, I really don't want to be dramatic, and I really don't want to sell this too, too hard, but we're now 11 hours in. I feel like we can safely call this new iteration of Twin Peaks a full-on masterpiece. Okay. to To such an extent, <laughs> for me personally... It's real hard to care that there are any other shows on the air right now.
2: You're, like, really happy. You are a very happy camper over here. I mean, like, I arranged my wardrobe based on the show. The guns, the cherry oh, yeah. pie, Ooh. I'm, like, really feeling it. So, you know, when it affects your wardrobe and your artistry, you know that you've been moved.
0: Yes, that that is very true. Let's start off with tonight's episode, you guys. We see these kids playing around, and then we see Miriam, who, from last week, was who Richard Horn killed.
1: And, like, Miriam, as it turns out, is crazy resilient, because Richard left her for dead and in quite poor shape, and she managed to, we don't know how far these kids are playing from where her trailer is, maybe it's only relatively about a block away, but she was able to drag herself out of that trailer to where they found her, and she's alive. Right. Which, if they get her medical attention relatively soon, could potentially be very bad news for Richard.
0: Yes, we're. I think we're all hoping that you know somehow Richard has some miserable, miserable death is what I'm personally.
1: He's. Hoping. A, I, I have seen a couple of people online comparing him to uh, Ramsey Bolton from mm. Game of Thrones, <laughs> yeah, and I he is feel a like. I feel like I really you do you do really want to see uh, this dude's face get eaten by dogs or something Game of Thrones spoiler sorry oh
0: well this is again another storyline slash scene I think that we are going to pick up in a couple episodes because we're seeing throughout this entire thing storylines from the beginning that just ended and we didn't know what happened they're being picked up again like William which we'll get into but those storylines just don't disappear. So I'm thinking we're going to get some explanations on this, and I really can't wait.
1: Yeah, and, and who because of the way this season has been structured, who knows if it's going to be next week or if it's going to be four weeks from now.
2: Th- that's why when you guys do predictions, I'm just like, hmm. <laughs> I'm like candy, you know, in outer space. Well, it is.
1: It's such a <laughs> crazy—but it is <laughs> such a crazy, difficult show to try and get out ahead of. And I, I really love that about it. I love that— I don't feel a desire to even try to get out ahead of this show anymore because it is so zigzaggy and it is Mm -hmm. so never what you're going to expect, but for me personally, almost always exactly what I wanted, but maybe had no clue that I wanted.
0: Wow. I think actually this season of Twin Peaks is Lex's wet dream. It pretty much (laughs) sounds like... Sounds like it.
1: Well, it's not it's not wet yet, but we got what seven hours left, kids. So oh, like a
0: lot more. We, things
1: could get things could get pretty sticky here before the end.
0: Oh dear. Yikes. Oh. <laughs> All right. So Becky and Shelly. I'm so freaking happy because I wanted Mage and Amick more in the show. I love Shelly. And we have this verification that yes, Bobby Briggs is Shelly's father and Becky's father. Becky's... Uh,
2: Becky's... Shelly's right. father. Becky's father. And they were married, I'm, I'm thinking. Right? right. According yes. to when we watched the cast, at yeah. the end, we saw Shelly Briggs listed. Well, and and they, before it was
1: just Shelly. Right. And they reference the fact that, of course, the two of them are Becky's parents. But as we see, they're not together, together anymore. She, mm-hmm. As it turns out, it's like, Shelly, come on. Stop making the same mistakes over and over and over and over. But she's with Red, apparently. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Which is not... That's... No, girl. Another no, bad girl,
0: boy. So the drug lord. I'm thinking that everyone, a lot of people seem under some kind of spell. And there is something, something—not you know what I mean, not a spell, but a influence that people are not acting normal. It is not normal necessarily for Shelly to act like a 16-year-old girl and run out of that diner <laughs> when Red comes. It
1: is. I agree with you completely in as much as it would definitely seem very weird in our world but I feel like it tracks with what we know about Shelley. But and she was
0: a girl when we knew her. I
1: know, right, but it's such a it's it, to me it's like it is so that is actually pretty real. It's like we we all grow and we all change but we don't I feel like we don't change that much without some massive uh circumstance acting upon us. I feel like we follow a trajectory where we grow But we're still the same person. So it does track for me that as much as I'm going like, oh, why? No, girl, no. I I do buy that Shelly would make this choice, as as destructive and ill-advised a choice as it may be.
0: Well, where do you think that, uh, you know, Becky is getting all of her craziness? There is something besides drugs, I think, besides both of her parents, at the end of the day... She has... I, I like Bobby and Shelly. I know they might not be the best people in the world, but that shouldn't make what has happening to Becky.
1: Well, I think... I based on what we've seen and who knows how early these destructive behavior patterns started for Becky but we've seen a combination of drugs and abuse that I feel it like could directly inform uh, her emotional state moment to moment but we see that she's been pushed to such a place and maybe part of it is uh, her pushing herself and of course some of it is what what Steven's behavior is doing as far as how it affects her but like we see this scene where I was genuinely concerned for, for the duration of the scene when she she comes out with the gun and Mm -hmm. Shelly is trying to ask her what's going on, please don't drive away and Shelly gets on the windshield. I had this moment of like, are we about to see Shelly get get killed? I was
0: mad. I was going to be pissed.
1: But like she she rolls off the car and then we get this wonderful moment too where Carl comes out and you see like, not only do they know each other but they have a relationship. They care about each other and I love, I really love this version of Carl who compared to when we saw him in Fire Walk With Me seems so much... Uh, gentler seems so much more open and friendly, and I thought those moments were really nice. But yeah, I was legitimately frightened for Shelly. I was legitimately frightened for a number of main characters at certain points in this yeah. episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, speaking of Firewalk with Me, did anyone else get Laura Palmer vibes from Becky? fire walk with me Laura Palmer vibes this episode I feel as though I am watching when Becky's storyline is happening a Laura Palmer prequel storyline to something really bad happening well it's not good
2: the situation she's (laughs) in she has an abusive (laughs) boyfriend who's a total a-hole and it it sucks for her. And it just – I keep thinking like, like mother, like daughter. And it's like unfolding right in front of us that she's taking after her mom the way she likes bad boys.
1: It is. It's a little bit of uh, – it's her mother's uh, poor choices when it comes to the men that she involves herself with that we saw in the original series combined with – laura palmer's uh, drug use and her self-destructive tendencies because for all of the bad decisions shelly made about who to date slash marry in the original show shelly never never had a- as overtly self-destructive uh streak as laura palmer did mm. and absolutely i see a melding of the two in becky which is concerning of course
0: I mean, it literally feels like I'm watch- I'm watching a prequel, like Fire Walk With Me, and we are building up to something, and I cannot wait to see what that is. All right, so next we have, you know, William we see, finally, again. Here he is. And Diane and Gordon and Albert and Tammy. This was such an interesting turn of events. Uh, I mean, let's first talk about... William And he's freaking terrified, which is always hilarious.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, like, they go. This is when you're referring to when uh, we're back in Buckhorn, right? And yeah. everybody, they uh, Hastings takes them out to where he says they encountered Major Briggs. And we get this entire sequence, this investigation scene where Gordon and Albert, finally, they find the body of Ruth Davenport, mm-hmm. which has other coordinates on its arm. But we get this, uh, this sequence where we see one of the woodsmen floating around. And then we get Gordon wandering towards the building, and Gordon has this vision. And I, I, this was the moment, too, where I was legitimately afraid something was going to happen to Gordon again because I, I said last week when he had that premonition at the door, I started to fear for Gordon Cole's safety. We came this Close, you can't you can't see unless you're watching the show. Uh, my fingers are very close <laughs> very together. Close. <laughs> uh, we came very close to actually losing Gordon. He starts to vanish into this vision of a portal. He's seeing with uh, at the other end of which is a room full of the woodsmen. He's very, very close to vanishing and being gone from this plane of existence, and Albert, good old Albert, grabs him and pulls him back. And I love that moment, and I've said it so many times on this show before, I love the relationship between these two characters. Of course it is Albert that saves Gordon from being taken away by this portal.
0: Yeah, portal. Portal is what I thought. That's exactly what it is, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, It is essentially a portal to, we don't know where, but it It's a little scary, and I think people are being affected by it
2: that are around it. Yeah, absolutely. And and why is it above a crack house? I, you know, When you start
1: it. hearing, um, and David Lynch has talked about how important sound design is to this mm-hmm. new series. And I recommend if if you're watching the show, I don't know how everybody out there is watching the show. If you have a solid, like a real good pair of headphones that you can watch it with, if you haven't yes. been using them, go back and watch these episodes again with some real high-quality headphones, and you'll pick up a lot of additional detail. Uh, case in point, and this one is a little more overt. I'm sure you could catch this without the headphones. Electric- Electricity. Exactly, the electricity sound when they started approaching this building, and we know we know what electricity signifies in yes, the world of Twin Peaks.
0: We do, and it. I mean, we're, we still have so much more to discover, though, and I'm kind of excited by the fact that we now know that a bunch of people are in the know, yes. essentially.
1: And so, another thing we get in the scene, and I see in the chat, Alexander mm. Alal referenced. Maybe my favorite single line of dialogue this episode, but we see... All right. Uh, R.I.P. Bill Hastings. We hardly yes. knew ye. Uh, one of the woodsmen creep, just creeps. And as Diane watches, creeps into Mackley's cruiser and presumably crushes poor
0: yep. Bill really? Hastings' head. Yeah.
1: And then Gordon, Albert, Tammy come over to the car when everyone, you know Mackley's freaking out. And it's like, what what the hell is going on? And Cole looks at, at what's left of Bill Hastings' head and goes, He's dead. Yeah.
2: Well,
0: I loved when that happened, kind of. I mean, sorry, but I did because it was funny. And I thought that the reactions were just pretty brilliant. Yes. that Was that one where you laughed out loud? Abs-
1: absolutely. Yeah. And, like, one thing that I think... Uh, Twin Peaks has a history of doing is taking things that on paper should not be the least bit funny and making them some of the funniest moments that I've seen on TV.
0: Yeah, smile, I I love it. Alright, next we have Hawk and Sheriff Truman. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there was a lot of information given in this scene. Hawk seems to really kind of understand what's going on, but he seems like he doesn't. But then he says things as though he does and everything he says makes sense.
1: He, I mean, Hawk has a history and it's tied to his cultural heritage, but it's also very much a part of who he is as an individual. He's always been very tied into spirituality, both. Uh, as relates to his cultural background and also as relates to the region of the country that they're in. So it does make sense that Hawk would be not necessarily a couple steps ahead of everybody else, but he definitely has more of the tools at his disposal to try and decipher some of the bits of information that are presented. And of course, he continues to get hints from Margaret Lanterman. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm I'm so happy that 11 hours in we're still getting material with Katherine Coulson.
0: Me too. It makes me so sad and, and grateful. Yes.
1: Well, yeah, yeah and I, I I think, and who who knows where this story is going to go, but they definitely shot out everything they were going to shoot with Miguel Ferrer, but I know that Catherine Coulson passed away during production. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So every time we get another scene, it feels like, oh, this is, oh, this is fantastic. It feels like a little present it's within a, the hour. It is.
0: It seems like a, a gift kind of beyond the grave, and it's really cool that they were able to capture those important moments because... Margaret's character is very important. And it's going to loop back to the first thing we ever saw from her. I mean, everything she says that made no sense. And she was this crazy old lady kind of walking around. And it makes sense now. And I just think we're all so grateful that they were able to have her on the show and kind of tie some things up.
1: Yeah, and it, it too, like, you reference a lot of things that she says that on their face make no sense. And I agree, on their face, if you take them literally don't make a whole lot of sense. But as we've seen, so many of the things that she said both in the original series and this one as well, they end up coming true. And it it makes sense because Margaret, again, this goes back to the book Secret History of Twin Peaks, Margaret and Carl together were, for lack of a better way of describing it, essentially abducted by some extraterrestrial entity when they were children. They've seen the other side. So it makes sense that Margaret would maybe have a sight that other people, most other people anyway, don't necessarily have. But so we see. And Carl. And and Carl as well. That's why I think Carl is able to see when Richard ran that little boy down. He's able to see what I think we all believe was the boy's soul rising.
0: Yes. I, I mean, in a way, you know, we. Carl is kind of like the White Lodge and the you know the black lodge were just kind of who who's the black lodge we'd think at this point it's not richard horn who read uh, i don't know it's bob is somewhere bob's floating around <laughs> in one of these bodies because everyone's acting so crazy and given, listen, it's a small town, all this crazy stuff happens constantly, so it's bound to drive people insane. Sure. But Bob is definitely taking over one of their situations.
1: Well, it's like this is something that I feel like at this point the best we could do is speculate wildly. Because we saw, what well, was a part eight, where the, the woodsmen like, tear the Bob yes. bubble out of... Mr. C, sidebar, right. Kyle McLaughlin, per this weekend's Twin Peaks panel at San Diego mm-hmm. Comic-Con, said that he refers to Cooper's doppelganger as Mr. C. So as far uh-huh. as I'm concerned, that is now canon. Uh, mm. We saw him take the Bob bubble out of Mr. C, and Mr. C mm-hmm. still seems to be the same guy. Yeah. It does, if you really scrutinize the details, you could argue maybe he's like missed a step a little bit. But now where does that Bob bubble go? Does it Does it just float into the ether somewhere? Or, yeah, does it find... Another poem? another host to latch yeah. onto. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, there's just there's light and dark to everything in life, and as complicated and crazy as this show gets, that is what I think it's starting to represent, essentially. Uh, but yeah, a couple things that Hawk said that were interesting. Yeah, and he's
1: got that map, which I think is it's so fascinating. What he says is he the map is very old, mm-hmm. but it's always current. It's like a living thing. And then, yeah, we point to a number of things on this map. We point to the two mountains, and he says this is where Major Briggs Station was up on Blue Pine Mountain, which is something that is referenced in Secret History of Twin Peaks, that being where his station was. They talk about the fire, but it's not actual literal fire. It's a symbol that is the equivalent of modern-day what – Electricity. Yes. He also references the corn, but it's it's uh, disease black corn. and
0: unnatural, which represents death.
1: Right, and also we we also know what corn has meant so far in the Twin Peaks yes. mythology. Uh, hashtag Crank Dak, Garmin, Bozia. Uh, uh pain pain and sorrow. And so it's this black black corn disease death. And what do you get when you put the fire and the corn together? We're not entirely sure, but apparently Frank. But apparently Frank does not want to know what this is
0: yes it's th- that that is the line that made me think that you know Hawk does know a lot
1: yeah, that and the and the little symbol too yes. that they mm-hmm. saw on the paper that Briggs left in the tube and also we saw on the playing card that mr. C had earlier this season yep things that it does seem like Hawk has some insight into but it is so whatever it is it is so profound and so dark that he doesn't even want to share it with Sheriff Frank
0: yeah absolutely I don't know it's Stop. uh. It's scary and very confusing.
1: We also, in the same scene, we get this wonderful non sequitur moment with uh, Deputy Jesse. Yeah,
2: who, yes. <laughs> this
1: this character I find really fascinating because it seems like he's legit. It seems like he's aligned with the forces of good. He's certainly not overtly a jerk the way Chad is. Right, dude's um, he's uh, he's a little, he's a little out there. Yeah, I guess. But like, he just wanted Sheriff Frank to come look at his car. And Frank says, can I, I'm in a meeting. Can I look at your card tomorrow? And he's like, Sure. Thank you.
0: Well, again, this is another Twin Peaks personality disorder, is what I'm just going to call it. <laughs> that I'm not sure if they're giving us hints or everyone. This is just a quirky group of people, right. and they're Ill, inappropriate at times and random. Uh, but I mean, I'm kind of trying to chalk everything up to there are some coincidences, and there's some people that are just crazy.
1: Yes. For no I, reason. I definitely think that a lot of these personalities are just just quirky, cranked up to thirteen without necessarily being touched by the supernatural. And I think that's always been true. There are so many genuinely bizarre characters on not even this iteration of the show, but going all the way back to the first iteration. Mm-hmm. And they're not tied into the the broader mythology. Right. They're not tied into the lodges. They're just strange.
0: But also, maybe whatever this electricity is, and that it does affect people and make them a little nutty.
1: And we know it's in the air, too. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, you think if you're inhaling gas of some sorts, and people are going to get a little weirder, they might die. So, I I think this all is going to be tied in together. Let's talk about, you know, this Ruth and, you know, her dead body, her head is cut off of... Her body,
1: yes, and no. uh, Unfortunately, still no luck finding Major Briggs's head.
2: No Major Briggs head.
1: For all we know, doesn't exist on this plane. You know what I mean? Like even though in the black
2: hole somewhere, even
1: though we found his body, for all we know, uh, Cooper had the vision of his head because his head only now exists in this alternate dimension. Mm -hmm.
2: God, you (laughs) guys. That
0: acid's great. I mean, it's so funny because some people say to us, they're like, oh, stoner idiots about us. And I think it's funny because that, that's what this show is. We're, we're not stoner idiots. But in well, fact, we're just trying to, to follow. To be fair. <laughs> we're just trying to follow along with the theme of, I don't know, someone's on acid. Well, and what I
1: think <laughs> is so crazy about this show, and I've actually, over the past week, I've been going back and watching uh, Twin Peaks Classic, we'll call it. Mm-hmm. And... So much of what's there, even though obviously, uh, especially the first half of the show is built around this central mystery, and you don't know who's playing who, and you don't know who might be influenced by the supernatural, like we don't know now. It's striking to me how much of what is presented is actually meant to be taken completely at face value. It's all weird, and we don't necessarily know moment to moment how everything ties together and what the significance of some of these things are. But I do think, strangely, a lot of what we're seeing is exactly what we're seeing. We just don't know... Why? Right. We don't know the why behind the what.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, Lisa, there's an interesting comment. I think Mm. Matt Miller said it about electricity. Yeah, I was just
2: looking at that. He said, no, the electricity is how people can travel between the lodges and other supernatural places the light socket Cooper went through. Yes, definitely. Agreed.
0: And I I actually just watched the preview for the new Stranger Things next season. Oh, me too! And I'm thinking, wow... They really took so much from Twin Peaks and I didn't even realize it the first time around, but when I saw this trailer for the, you know, second season of Stranger Things, I'm thinking, whoa, this is this is all very closely yeah. similar. I
1: mean, we could we could spend an hour talking about Twin Peaks, the original series as the bedrock of modern television. Yes. But I feel like we don't I feel like if you Google it, you'll find any number of prominent television creators citing Twin Peaks as their greatest source of inspiration. Well, it's
0: very true, but the thing is, this is the first time we've seen a portal situation. Everybody has thought about it. Everyone has considered that this is a possibility, of course. You know, the, the Black Lodge, the White Lodge. But I, is this, I, I'm pretty sure this is the first time we saw an actual yeah. portal-looking thing. I feel like it's definitely thing. the
1: first time we saw one that looked like a, a wormhole of in sorts. In the box, first, right? first In the box? Oh, no, you mean the box at the beginning of the series? Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, I was referring to, I mean, the one we saw this episode, I think, is the first time we've seen one that looks like, you know, what you think of a portal as looking at the first image that pops into your head. But you referenced the box. I mean, we have seen portals in the Twin Peaks mythology before, whether it's the box in the penthouse in New York, or it's the curtain that opens in Glastonbury Grove where you can access the Black Lodge. And we've seen a number of portals. But, yes, this is the first one that looks like your run of the are like, yeah. yeah, like almost yeah. like a cartoon yeah. portal.
2: It was I'm never like, That's so kind of extreme. Yeah, yeah. Like
0: very Doctor Who, you know, all of that stuff. And That's, now it.
1: that you say I wouldn't have thought that myself, but now that you say it, the portal did look very much like the TARDIS could fly out and you'd have your credits fly out and you'd hear that
0: meh yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I I'm super into it. And like I said, this was one was this one was my favorite. And I, I love it when people just throw things in my face. Because <laughs> okay. no, you know what I mean? I don't like to have to con- you know just guess all the time. Right. I like it when when people are very obvious in shows about what is kind of happening.
1: It, for me, it, it, yeah, and that's that's fair. I feel like I go back and forth because I I don't mind having to work certain elements of a story out, but I also think there are a lot of storytellers that obfuscate for the sake of obfuscating, and that's why. It's like you could do it – if you can tell this story in a more straightforward manner, I feel like there's no reason to to hide your intentions unless, again, there's a specific story reason to do so.
0: Yeah. We've just been so patient – I feel as though we've been very patient, and it's episode 11, and I'm ready for some stuff to actually start happening.
1: <laughs> but, see, I feel like a lot is happening. I feel like a lot has been lot. happening. It's not necessarily it's not necessarily, very understandably, the things that I think the broader audience wanted or thought they wanted going yeah. in. But I don't think that makes what we're getting any less exciting i've i've resigned myself to the possibility that if we see our classic agent dale it might not it might not be till the last 10 minutes you know what i mean so i'm just all right whatever you guys have to offer me i'm just gonna take the ride now
2: wow that would truly be cruel it would be
1: a little bit i do think i think
2: you get the feeling like you want to find the treasure you want to know the answer like when are we going to find out this whole when this whole thing the truth comes
0: out like what is it yeah. Right? Well, speaking of that, we have a really interesting show that we want to tell you guys about. Yeah. Lex is going to tell you about it in one sec. Because yeah, so, uh, it's oh, really one sec. All, Yeah, right
1: now. Oh, yeah. No, so uh, as we mentioned last week on this show, if you're watching us live, if you are watching or listening to us after the fact, you may notice you didn't pay anything. To Check us out, and the reason you don't have to pay anything the reason we can keep bringing the show to you week after week is because we here at afterbuzz have some really awesome sponsors and they're helping us keep the lights on and bring you guys all of the content we possibly can week after week and one of our sponsors our sponsor for this show this week is the Annie show Leah mini Scientology and the aftermath it is their Emmy nominated groundbreaking docu series and it's going to return for season two on August 15th with ten All new episodes. Now, this show follows Leah Remini along with high level former Scientology executives and church members as they delve deep into shocking stories of abuse, heartbreak, and harassment experienced by those who have left the church and spoken publicly about their experiences. Now, this season, Leah Remini continues her quest to give a voice to the victims of the Church of Scientology. The series will also explore accounts of former members whose lives have been significantly impacted by the church's practices. Remini is helping people take action, turning survivors into fighters revealing truth, and seeking justice. Now, you can check out the first season of Leah Remini's Scientology in the Aftermath online, on demand, and in the A&E app. I've listened to Leah Remini talk at length about not just this show, but her experience with the Church of Scientology, and it's it's fascinating, eye-opening stuff.
0: Yeah, I, I watched the first season a, f- uh, a couple months ago, and I loved it. So it's very, <laughs> very fascinating I don't know. I feel when things are written, you know, science fiction, fantasy, whenever I hear about Scientology, I'm like, hmm, they, it's like somehow based in Scientology. <laughs> if, like, there was a real world understanding of Scientology, I would think it was kind of a fantasy or science fiction. I mean, listen, they have a booth at Comic-Con. They literally do. They're everywhere. <laughs> they literally have a booth at Comic-Con. They, so. are,
1: they are under the table right now.
0: Right. Oh my God! God. Even guys, Tom Cruise (laughs) is
1: down here in person, giving me the shh sign. (laughs) Uh, But it's it's a fascinating story, and I encourage you guys to check it out because it's it's something.
2: Yeah, it made me change my outlook. I mean, we have a center down the street from here, Uh, and we see we drive by it all the time. So I would check
0: it out. It's one of my most. Favorite things I've seen on TV in quite a few years, and I'm saying that honest to God. So you yeah, guys should I'm I'm definitely looking forward to going.
1: I haven't seen the show myself, but I am genuinely looking forward to going and checking it out. Having heard her on a number of other podcasts discuss yeah. her experiences at length, I think it's it's a heck of a story.
0: Absolutely. All right, let's get into some Dougie. We have Dougie back, and he meets with his boss, Mr. Mullins. Mm-hmm. This was a very, very interesting scene that I think could have been taken in several different ways. Lex, I'm just going to let you kind of I just got a big talk.
1: smile on my face, because I'm thinking about the line where Mullins says, uh, battle and Bud always punches above his weight class. And I love <laughs> that he's crediting Dougie with doing this powerful investigative work. And they found that, okay, the Mitchum brothers, it wasn't actually arson, it was a Legit Accident. fire. It was legit fire. We can pay. We can pay them out. We have to pay them out now, mm-hmm. and it's a thirty million dollar payout. Now you might say, Dougie, well, a firm this size wouldn't that be disastrous? Wouldn't <laughs> that wouldn't that cripple us uh, irreparably? No, because Battle and Bud always punches above his weight class, and he took out a second policy. Is it clear, guys, that I really like this character? Um, he took out a second policy. No, it's not. So now they recoup having to pay out that investment. And it's all, in Mullen's mind, thanks to Dougie's contribution.
0: Right, right. I mean, Dougie, remember when we were, I was watching,
2: you guys were watching me watch the last few minutes, and I go, is Dougie Jesus now? <laughs> Ninja <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. I was so worried before about Dougie, but then when that news came about, I was like, oh, yeah, he has a chance. And then what's going to happen? Oh, my gosh. It was very interesting. I was
0: very worried for him. Because, again, I once this whole season's over, I'm going to rewatch it and really really start to I think this is a better thing to binge watch I, we've said this before I would love to mm. have binge watch this to begin with
1: I am I am glad that we have the opportunity to watch it week to week because I feel like if you're a twin Peaks fan and I, I guess this is not the vast majority of people on the planet but if you are a twin Peaks fan we're getting to have this week-to-week week communal experience and dialogue that you don't get to have if you release a show all at once to binge when everybody's watching it at their own pace consuming things at different rates so I'm very glad that we're having this experience but I do agree I think that we'll be able to have when it all wraps up a completely different experience being able to knock the whole thing out over a couple of days I feel like you're going to see now in hindsight a whole bunch of detail and significance in early moments that we didn't know was there because we wouldn't get those blanks filled in for weeks and weeks.
0: Yeah, and I mean, in, in all honesty, being able to watch it back to back, we haven't seen some of these characters for a bunch of weeks. We're watching it week to week. so it's And we're getting thrown so many characters at us. It's hard to remember. Oh, wait, those are the guys from the casino. You know, right. th- this was this, this was that. So I—that's why I think it'd be better to binge watch. But I completely understand what you're saying in that it is a communal thing and getting us all together to figure it out. But these brothers are hilarious.
1: The Mitchums and love are them. fantastic. <laughs> They're and so cute. I, <laughs> I, oh, I love every bit of business with the two of them in this episode from them eating breakfast together. To the fact that uh, Brad Mitchum had a prophetic dream, of yeah. course, Twin yeah. Peaks. We have a history of characters having prophetic dreams. Mm-hmm. All of the business with Candy and the other girls, but uh, Mullins mm-hmm. tells Dougie in the scene we were talking about before that the Mitchums, because you you settled this matter and you got them their thirty million payout, well, the Mitchums want to meet you, Dougie, and they're sending a car. We know, unbeknownst to uh, certainly Dougie, but Mullins as well, the Mitchums want to off Mr. Jackpots for fleecing their casino of 40-some-odd thousand-plus dollars. Yes. So they send a car, but there was something, there's a detail that I caught that maybe you guys did, maybe you guys didn't. So when they're on their way out, Actually, sidebar really quick, one of my other favorite moments was (laughs) when he calls Dougie into his office and the assistant is literally leading Dougie Uh, with with the the coffee, coffee, like like a a dog dog with a (laughs) treat. But speaking of coffee, when Mullins takes Dougie outside to meet the car, Dougie looks at the coffee shop and sees... Uh, Mike Philip Gerard, the one-armed man, gesturing for him to come that mm-hmm. way. I don't know if you guys caught this, but the coffee shop was uh, like Simon's si- yeah. with a Z. Mm-hmm. That's the coffee shop that the I forget the characters' names, but the the girl and the guy in the penthouse in New York. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's Had the same. That's the same coffee place. Ooh. Now, I don't know if this is of any greater significance or it's just, okay, this is a chain, a presumably a national chain that exists in the world of Twin Peaks.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's a thing. It, there, it may it very means well something. be.
1: But so we see Dougie, uh, we, he gets this box, which we find out later is, of course, the cherry pie. But cherry I love pie? that the car drives him out into the desert, which if you've seen Casino or literally any other mob story set in Vegas you know that when they drive you out into the desert, it means curtains, perhaps red curtains, for you.
2: You're going to die. Yep. you um, Before we go further, I just want to say some people were talking in the chat about the cheek rubbing with Dougie. They want to know mm-hmm. our thoughts. Did you guys have any thoughts on that?
1: The the dead part where he, where he touches his face yeah. and he says, dead. Do I don't necessarily have a theory, but mm-hmm. I, I agree that moment very much stuck out.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I think there are a lot of moments that have been happening that we're going to get Dale back. It's kind of like puzzle pieces that we're putting together to create Dale to come back.
1: One we had, and we'll we'll get to it. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but we had our our biggest, oh, Dale is still in there, moment that we've gotten, mm-hmm. I think, all season long so far in one of our final scenes, or our, our final scene, in fact.
0: Well, I wasn't here last week, as you all know, sorry, and... Uh, <laughs> I when he had sex with Janie. <laughs> with the
1: arms yeah, <laughs> flapping,
0: that's yeah. when I thought I was like, oh, it's gonna bring him back. That, that, <laughs> that, that is what is gonna bring Dale He's back. He's gonna right. Dalegasm. Yeah, and then he's like, right. oh, I'm back. Oh, no, yep, there he is. Mm-hmm. But that didn't happen.
1: But I, I do think it's interesting that different different pleasures, essentially, are what seem to be waking up mm-hmm. this this weird, this in, almost infant-like Dougie, yes. waking yeah. him back up into the world, whether it's the pleasures of the flesh, or it's a nice cup of coffee, or it's a damn good a piece taste. of cherry pie. Mm-hmm. I think that's interesting. It's these tactile, pleasurable experiences that he's experiencing that he hasn't experienced for 25 years. Five years and change being stuck in the lodge that seemed to be gradually bringing him back.
0: Well, speaking of that, you know, we have this lovely dinner party that they all have together. I mean, they're just basically drinking and eating. But
1: before we get to the dinner party, I would be remiss if I didn't shout out the scene where yeah. we pay off Bradley's prophetic dream?
2: Oh,
0: yes, of course. When he realizes that everything that he dreamed the day before and that he can't kill, they can't kill Dougie and the...
1: If the one specific thing is in that box, mm-hmm. we can't kill him. He's a friend to us. And, of course, Rodney's like, what What the shit are you talking about? But he pulls the Band-Aid off. The ca- I like that it's called the candy cut. Yes. The candy <laughs> cut is completely healed. And Rodney pulls his gun, and they check the box, and it's... Cherry the pie. cherry pie. And Rodney says, okay, well, you frisk him just to be sure. And, of course, uh, Bradley frisks him, doesn't even have a wallet, but he finds the envelope. And he says, it's addressed to us. Well, open it. It is the check for $30 million. And the two of them, Jim Belushi and Robert Nepper's uh, nonverbal reaction to this $30 million check is one of my dang favorite dual pieces of performance that I've seen on TV in a good long while. This was another moment where I just laughed uncontrollably out loud.
0: Absolutely. Where like
1: Belushi's knees start to buckle and he like, Mm -hmm. he almost like half crab walks because his knees are so weak (laughs) over to Robert Nepper, and then the two of them just like hoot and holler. It's a wonderful, wonderful moment.
0: Yeah, and everything has changed now. They, like I said, Dougie is essentially this new Jesus. Yeah,
1: no, he's like their new best friend now.
0: I mean, Mm -hmm. everybody loves him and he's again very confused It seems
2: like bringing a toddler to a bar and making him drink. Yes. (laughs) And I love when people talk to him, he responds with just repeating what they say, but they accept it as a response. Like, oh, okay, he responded. All right, we're good. Yeah, I mean, guys,
0: there was... I I really wish we could have hours and hours to go through my notes and, like, I have all capitalized and underlined crap because it's, like, numbers we see. There are, you know, different names and it's, it, there's so much in there. It, it's insane.
1: There There's a lot. There is there is so much detail being packed into, not just every hour, but every scene of this show. And there are so many character threads that you would be forgiven for forgetting about. Yeah. That they they will pick up on the better part of a month later, case in point, this, this woman who spots Dougie sitting in the booth. And it took me a couple of seconds to piece together who this lady was. It's the the, the angry homeless woman mm-hmm. that Mr. Jackpot's met in the casino yes. and he he told her what slot machine to play it paid out and he essentially gave her her life back and this this scene actually got me a little bit emotional I thought it was did a really did you cry
0: again Lex? so close <laughs> so
1: close this, remember how close I was holding my fingers together before that same amount that, as close as Gordon was so to I disappearing I think there was like a tear just a little it got a little glassy got a little okay. glassy but I thought that was a genuinely beautiful moment. Like, she gave, she's gave, she got a, a life. She's wearing nice clothes. She's got a house. She has her son back right. in her life. She has a little dog. All because, like you say, of the Jesus-like powers of Mr. Jackpot's Dougie Jones. And I thought that was a really touching moment.
0: Well, again, I think what we keep getting confused about is we're calling him Dougie. But we know this is not Dougie. This right. is Dale. Right. Right.
1: And this is... But it, but it is and it isn't.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's Dougie because everybody thinks he's Dougie. He's he still him. Ah, oh, man. Okay, so it's essentially Dale, but with a little bit of Dougie mixed in, which we don't know much about Dougie. Well,
1: all we know is he was uh, he was a, uh, a yutz, as far as I can tell, and <laughs> was not not a very nice man, not a very responsible man, and was in a car accident where he sustained some type of trauma which explains why everybody seems to have, even when they're impatient with him, they seem to have a weird amount of patience for his behavior. But that is really all we know about Dougie.
0: Yeah, I'm assuming we're going to kind of learn more about who Dougie was before Dale (laughs) came in him. I'm hoping so, because, again, the reason people have so much patience with him, there is something that I think people either found special Or they understood something that we
2: don't. Some kind of knowledge that Dougie had. Yeah. I feel like we're just going to get more Dale and Dougie's going to be left in the dust. But I could be wrong. I mean, Dougie is somewhere, right?
1: We saw him return to the lodge where it looks like they completely deconstructed him into that little marble. Oh,
0: yeah, that's right. It's totally possible that, like, yeah, like, Dougie's
1: Dougie's nowhere now, I think.
0: It's just Dougie was a ploy.
1: Right, Uh Right. Like, Dougie wasn't even... Mm -hmm. It's the best of our understanding, right? I feel like Dougie wasn't even actually a A real person to begin with.
2: And we still don't know who his son is. Like, what is he?
1: Right, and it's like, that raises so many questions, too, because if if that was the biological offspring of Janie E. and Dougie Jones, what... What is Sunny Jim? Is Sunny Jim a a, a human supernatural hybrid?
0: Did you guys notice that they uh, were asking about does your kid have a gym set?
1: Yes, it's like even the orphanage has a gym set.
0: Yeah, and the child's name is Sunny Jim. Uh, I don't. A gym set? (laughs) Really? I I mean, is this too on the nose? But I really picked up on that because we always think this child is very smart and maybe knows more than he seems to know. And there's something going on with his child and with Janie E. It's almost like a dream world, a fake world, that a fake life that they had together.
1: I I would buy that Janie E. is, is a person, a, a normal, if eccentric person. But I do think there's a thread we could pull on about, even if, I'm sure Sonny Jim isn't necessarily aware of any potential supernatural connection he may have. But it's entirely possible that he... He has some connection if, if, again, he is the biological son of not real guy, Ducky Jones. Yeah. But so a couple of things because we're going to probably have – we're getting to the end of the episode. Yes. And we're getting to our last few moments. But a couple of things we missed before we get to I think the, the big the big Dale line mm-hmm. of the episode, which is in reference to the pie, of course. Yes. A couple of things that I, I want to hit real quick that stuck out to me. Uh Gordon, after he has that experience uh, almost disappearing into the portal, which, by the way, the address was on Sycamore, a street called Sycamore, which oh. obviously we know the significance of Sycamores in the Twin Peaks mythology. But he has that moment where his he gets the hand tremors right. that we saw at the very end of season two of the original Twin Peaks. So obviously there's a connection there, but we never got to because it got canceled so abruptly we never got to resolve what the the hand tremors were in reference to obviously it's it's a connection somehow and in close proximity presumably to some sort of supernatural hotspot or occurrence yes, right. or presence but we don't know what it means so hopefully this means we might get some more insight into the significance of that and i did really quickly want to jump back and hit this great scene we get At the double R, after Bobby and Shelly talk to Becky, where a kid happens to grab a gun in the back of a car, shoot out the window, and a bullet goes into the double R. And I loved a number of things about this sequence. I loved loved Bobby being a cop. Yeah. I really genuinely enjoyed that. And then the thought, we were talking about Shelly's poor taste in men and how Mm -hmm. she's constantly going after these bad boys and somewhere in the back of my head I was like I'm I was really glad when it seemed like Bobby and Shelly actually worked it out and got together mm-hmm. and now I'm wondering how much of the erosion of their relationship was connected to Bobby finally going straight and not oh, being the bad like boy that interest, she was denim. and not being the bad boy that I she think, was always attracted to yeah
0: guys I think it's totally. way more than that and I don't think that Shelley is acting on her own merit. That's what I'm
1: saying. Oh, I would be, be curious because, like, who knows? I right? think like, she's just
2: still crazy about bad boys. And she
1: did seem whether whether or not she's being acted upon by any external influence. She does seem genuinely Attractive. into, genuinely oh into it. Like it's like, like a, a high school
2: crush. Yes. All right. And
1: then the other we gotta hit. Well, okay. We do have to hit because this the has got to be significant. The kid. the kid, the sick kid, and the woman who is hitting the horn over and over and over again. And when Bobby has her stop. And the kid starts puking, she starts going, ah, ah, as if she herself is now the car horn.
0: Yes. But what that is what is so disturbing. What yes, is up with the sick There's definitely hell. a lot of significance to that. that. And then, of course, uh, at the end of the episode, they say to Dougie slash Dale, here's that pie that saved your life, Dougie. And, and it's
1: great pie. And he yeah. responds, damn good.
0: Yep, damn good pie. And guys... I love this episode again. This is one of my favorites. Let's get into some predictions for next week.
1: And now, your AfterBuzz TV predictions. Oh, you're looking at me. Oh boy. Um, again, like we we've been talking tonight about how how challenging it is to try and get out ahead of this show, but we are we're every week now we're pulling these threads closer and closer and closer together, and I think. Uh, as we've been saying all season, all of these threads will converge in twin peaks. It's a question of when. But we got with that line, the damn good pie line. Yes. We got as close as we've come so far to Dale. That's the closest I think we've been to seeing our Dale start to peak his head back up.
0: Peak, really, yes. Ha ha <laughs>
1: uh, but I do think I think it maybe less I think and more I genuinely hope that from here on in, even if it does take till the final 10 minutes of the final episode, we're going to start to see Dale very gradually but decidedly begin to reemerge, especially when these threads finally converge with each other.
2: Okay. How about you, Lisa? But seven more episodes to go, will we see Dale come out of Dougie's shell? You know, it's, right. it's really hard to say. He's going to have to grow a lot from. From now until then, but
1: it's like it's se- seven out. You know what I mean? Seven hours left of this yeah. story, so you can. But lot happens? Yeah, you can cover a lot of ground in seven hours. Maybe they'll
2: just have an all Dougie episode. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, those were the
0: first few. I kind of a, a little bit, but yes, yeah, some backstory. I am going to be real with you guys. I'm a little bit pissed that we have not seen Audrey yet. I'm thinking this is getting freaking ridiculous. And she was in all of the promo shoots and the EW thing. She's supposed to be part of this show, and I want to see her now. Uh, Also, of course, you guys, we talked about this last week. Rock Love Jewelry has given us some amazing, amazing, amazing stuff. We have these awesome bracelets. I have a ring. Check them out. If you love Twin Peaks... You guys should definitely get some of your gear from them. These, yeah, I'm not
1: a jewelry person. Surprise, surprise, mm-hmm. and I still think some of these pieces are real cool. It
0: looks yeah, good. Yeah, I you. know Alex is wearing it. around this bracelet. He's like, I'm never gonna take it off. I don't. I, yeah. mean, I
1: don't wear. I haven't worn <laughs> bracelets since I like had the ill advised long hair like outcast look going <laughs> you in had high long school. Long hair. I, it was awful. We gotta um, see that picture. But no, nobody needs to see those pictures. <laughs> um, but. I was like, I'm not going to wear this. I'm going to throw it on. I'm going to keep it. I'm going to, like, plug it a little bit, and I'm going to take it off. I have not taken it off. I actually really enjoy this. I
0: love it. So our bracelets, if you didn't know, it says uh, wonderful and strange, and I think that that is one of the best compliments to say about anybody. You are wonderful and strange, as is this show,
2: as are all of you guys. Mm, thank you. I take that as a compliment. And you know what? We're giving away a fire walk with me bracelet mm-hmm. and a bunch of other jewelry. And we have a contest going till the 27th of yeah.
0: August. You guys have have some time, so you need to go on to iTunes, okay, and rate us and give us a nice comment, and nice. we're all gonna put you guys like in a little ball. And a if you ball.
1: if you don't have iTunes, this was something that I saw oh, yes. a couple of people asking about. If you do not have iTunes or you do not have access to the US iTunes interface, uh, you can leave us a comment on YouTube, uh, screen cap it, send it to us on social media. Yes. That still counts, still totally valid. You do not need iTunes to enter this contest. But yes, if you have access to the iTunes store, please like leave us yeah. a nice, a nice hey, review. Who doesn't like A couple a good of stars. Uh, we like those. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah you know, let, let's all love each other. Be nice, you guys. <laughs> we all have theories <laughs> that are coming together. We're just, we're, we're doing this together. So thank you so much for tuning in. Make sure you guys do that because you do not want to miss this giveaway. I re- we all really love this jewelry. So you definitely should check it out. And thank you guys for tuning in one yeah, more time. Where are we finding on social media? Everywhere at Lisa Mason
1: I am Oliver, social media, at the Lex Michael. and if you've seen any shows that I host here, you may have seen me host shows with Tari J. Miller. You may be a fan of his, as I am. He and I are doing a new podcast. It's called Missing Out, where we share bits of culture, whether it's a movie, a show, a, a comic, a, an album, things that he and I missed out on, blind spots in our cultural experiences. We share them with each other. We talk about them. We talk about art as a whole, and we want to share some of these experiences with you guys. So check us out. We're on social media. We're on Twitter, at MissingOut cast i believe and search for us on itunes missing out we're really happy to be doing it we hope you guys like it Mwah.
0: awesome uh you guys can find me sam davidson sam davidson entertainment.com twitter and instagram at samd 43 and uh we'll see you next week thanks guys thank you bye Bye.
1: from executive producers maria Manunos, kevin undergaro phil svitek and the entire after buzz tv staff we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz tv network